0: So we have a saying in the Frederick household, and it's this. It is, slow is steady, and steady is fast. And that saying came from um, years back. I was part of a helitack fire crew, in wildland firefighting. Remember those years, Oh, Selena? man. Um,
1: Sounds really cool. Really
0: exhausting work. <laughs> uh, and it was just a, kind of a summer thing I did. Did you fly I... helicopters? No. <laughs> I got to watch a lot of helicopters. I worked on the helitack crew. Just like so Dwight, that's a side. like, Yeah! But the whole, point <laughs> yeah, exactly, totally nerd now. The whole point of that saying that slow is steady and steady is fast is for disaster response. And so, if you've ever been in sort of any sort of triage uh, moment or any sort of disaster or crisis scenario, uh, it's so imperative to be able to assess the situation accurately, and that means you have to slow down, don't panic, think clearly mm-hmm. about the situation, and then you act steadily and decisively out of that slowing down. And so in that way, slow is steady and steady is fast. And so I'm bringing that up here because this whole series here, we're talking about trust and betrayal and uh, rebuilding trust and being trustworthy. Uh, and so for the first part of this, we're talking about kind of that, that instance where you realize that you don't have the trust you thought you had. Mm. Maybe your trust was broken or you, and there was a betrayal. And that could be a huge catastrophic thing. Or it could be a realization that wow, I don't trust my wife to listen well to me. I don't trust her, huh? <laughs> or I don't trust my husband to uh, provide for for our family sure. in the various ways that a husband should provide—not just financially, but spiritually and mm. uh, with love and with nurture. You know, nurturing your family. And so uh, we'll be talking through what that triage moment looks like, and how, as believers, as Christian married people, how can we identify areas where our trust has been broken. Uh, explicitly, implicitly, and how can we um, begin to assess the situation so that we can continue on to the next week, which we'll talk about uh, going into rebuilding trust. So uh, it'll be a good conversation. We'll see you on the other side. Welcome to
1: the Fierce Marriage Podcast, where we believe that marriage takes a fierce tenacity that never gives up and refuses to give in.
0: Here we'll share openly and honestly about all things marriage, sex, communication, finances, priorities, purpose, and everything in between.
1: Laugh, ponder, and join in on Candid Gospel-Centered Conversations. this is fierce marriage I don't think I knew the whole slow steady steady is fast came from the hell attack training days that's pretty <laughs> yeah. awesome now I I mean if you ask any of our girls you say slow steady and they'll say steady is fast like yeah. they just <laughs> it's ingrained into them uh, but yeah. it is so true and I just want to I guess set the stage for this conversation too in that we are talking about betrayal and we are talking about broken trust and not necessarily and not like overlooking like affairs this is not an affair uh it's not specifically about specifically about affairs that type of betrayal yeah yes this is on a lot of different levels but if you as a listener maybe are feeling like you're just riding the trust wagon parade you guys are doing great like Trust is not something you really deal with on many levels, or you're just kind of not in that zone. Just be thinking about people around you uh, yeah. that you can you can help, because no doubt you know someone who's dealing with an issue with the issue of trust at some level within their marriage. And
0: yeah, I would. I would push back on that if you're thinking that because as we've well, done no, this, I was
1: thinking that as I was saying that I was like, well, as we've There's, done
0: this, I've realized that there are some areas where you and I are still building trust and, sure. and repairing broken trust, yeah. and it's not, and we've never had um, an affair or any sort of betrayal in that sense, right. but there are times where I've not loved you well, and so you've had to learn to trust me, and I've had to learn to re like rebuild, uh, rebuild my yeah. be trustworthy to yeah. you. By being humble True. And learning to communicate In more loving More transparent ways Even though we're like The transparency people <laughs> Like uh, I can, I can I guess, Yeah I guess all to. that to
1: say Like just don't um, Don't limit this conversation To just Even right. your marriage But be able be, be able to share it with others Yeah So
0: yeah Yeah uh, we're, gonna, we're gonna dive into that Here in a second Before we do that uh, If you haven't yet Please take 15 seconds Leave a rating and a review In your podcast app That means the world to us It helps others so on and so forth. If you want to uh, go deeper with us and uh, be on a kind of a deeper partnership with us, we would love to have your partnership. We just ask two things. You pray about it, and then if God leads you, then you would act on that. The way you act on that uh, is you go to patreon.com slash fierce marriage. That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com slash fierce marriage. There's all kinds of tiers there. You get some good free stuff. You get to be a part of our gospel-centered marriage uh, learning ecosystem. Um, but yeah, go there, check that out. Uh, and finally, Speaking of gospel-centered marriage, um, (laughs) if you want to learn uh, what what a gospel-centered marriage actually looks like, we have the course for you. (laughs) It's actually not just a course. It's one course that starts with six six sessions. You can do them usually a week at a time. Uh, And then that kind of opens up the door to a whole ecosystem that we're building currently. I think there's like three or four uh, mini courses in there alongside that. And the ecosystem of mini courses are... Little things that you can um, you can go through in one or two sittings. Mm-hmm. And our hope is that once a month, that uh, eventually when this thing's built out, that once a month the couples that are part of the Fierce Marriage ecosystem, the podcast, would spend at least an hour a month. Is that, is that a lot to ask? Spend an hour a month growing your marriage. Yeah,
1: no, that's great.
0: And, and getting closer to one another, closer to Christ um, as the primary goal. So uh, go to gospelcenteredmarriage.com to learn more about that. Okay. So
1: we are in this series of trust, building trust in our marriage. Uh, last week we kind of defined trust. We talked about uh, cruciform trust, which I think we will uh, redefine and kind of refresh. Anybody who maybe didn't listen to that episode, but if you haven't, I would encourage you to go back and listen to it. Uh, so this we are t-
0: building on last week. So if you missed it, yeah, uh, go back because we talk about kind no. of the, the philosophy. <laughs> under underlying trust. Like yes. What exactly is it? And as believers, how are we to view it? Uh, and then yeah, how do on we that, so.
1: function within, yeah. within those philosophies of trust? Um, next week we're going to be talking about repairing trust and the week after that maintaining trust. So peacetime activities and rhythms to kind of bolster yeah. Yeah. or reestablish that trust. And then we are at the end of each series. We're trying to do a, a final week of Q and A's. Yeah. So please write in or text us. That's the easiest way uh, 971-333-1120. Yeah. Yes. Uh, any questions about trust? So we'll kind of take some of those yeah. and answer them or some trends.
0: Uh, real quick. Yeah. Send us in your clear, concise questions, please. Yeah. <laughs> and texting is the easiest way because that way we get it as an email. And it doesn't have to get like transcribed. Uh, go to 971-333-1120. Just text that number, your clear, concise questions, and we'll do our best to compile those. Um, so our goal for today is to kind of give you listeners permission to identify and deal with broken trust in your marriage mm-hmm. okay give you permission and we mentioned early on that this is kind of a triage right it's a triage moment and you can have one of two responses if you think about you 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 you're driving down the highway and a massive car wreck happens okay i'm using this cuz it's a really clear example in my mind at, at the scene of that accident uh there is trauma happening and the people in that trauma may or may not be aware what's happening they're panicked right they're trying to figure the situation out there's all kinds of uh like kind of instinctual things that are happening and they're not thinking clearly and if someone comes onto the scene and misdiagnoses the issue he says hey you just you just got a scratch on your leg you're fine and another guy walks up and says his whole leg is off (laughs) like there's a different (laughs) protocol there right right? scratch band-aid whole leg off go to the hospital right? right like you need to stop the bleeding put on a tourniquet do all that sort of stuff Uh, And so the point is you have to be able to identify where the trust has been broken uh, so that you can actually deal with it and, and stop the bleeding and get headed down a path toward health. Now, in those instances, we can have a tendency, and again, we're not just talking about the really big kind of catastrophic things that would, that would break up a marriage or damage a marriage, but any sort of, uh, it's just that realization that you don't have the trust you thought you had. Right. Right. Um, So So, yeah. And so... Anyway, that's that's where we're, we're starting, and I want to... Yeah, uh, you were going to go. So oh, so
1: just, I guess, to kind of paint that picture of, okay, not necessarily just affairs, sexual or emotional, but, you know, we talked about last week uh, in a Gottman article that he wrote for UC Berkeley, uh, mm. he, he mentioned, like, can I... Trust uh, is the number one most important issue that couples deal with, trust and betrayal, and so um, things like, can I trust you to be there and listen to me when I'm upset, can I trust you to choose me over your mm, friends yeah. or your family? Can I trust you to work for our family? Can I trust you not take drugs? Can I trust you not cheat on me and be sexually faithful? Can I trust you to respect me, right. to help with things in the house, to really be involved with our children? So these are uh, kind of the areas we're trying to help you see where trust could be broken on yeah. not maybe not quite the massive level, but it gets chipped away at, I think in our marriage, we get familiar, we get into ruts, we get into just these default rhythms. And instead of building, reestablishing, yeah. bolstering trust, we are just allowing it to kind of be chipped away. You know, it's like water dripping on concrete. It just, that's no, fine. Like,
0: <laughs> so I, I want to go a little bit, and this is a little bit off the cuff here, but let's talk about our, our marriage here for a minute, because I feel like we have really profound levels of trust. Like I would never, I would never, I trust you to not cheat on me. I trust you to not have interactions with men online that are unhealthy, you know, in any, like I totally trust you with that stuff. Mm-hmm. I trust you to not go and spend outside of our budget without us talking about it first. Mm-hmm. Um, but where we've had to really build trust is around a kind of the, 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 the more kind of day to day things. Cause there are instances like, so our biggest issues around trust. And I mentioned it earlier is, I, because I've not always been super gentle with my communication and it's always a struggle and, and it's not just saying the right things, but, but having the right heart and why you say the, the, the things, <laughs> um, you've, you've had to, we've had to, how do I say it? You don't always trust me when you come and talk to me, Right. you don't trust that I'm going to be listening to you and hearing you and responding from a place of loving husbandship. <laughs> right. Is that accurate? Yes. And then. So that's that's been an ongoing struggle for us, and so that's a huge issue because if you if you can identify and and really um, articulate and own the fact that I don't trust my spouse to care for my heart well, mm-hmm. like that is a that's a that's a marriage changing realization. Mm-hmm. If you deal with it in a godly way, we're going to talk about what the what what the Bible says about mm-hmm. being offended against, and um, and so we'll go down that path here in a minute. Uh, another issue, I mean, what's the other one that we've talked about? I'm putting you on the spot here, but
1: um, I think you were, we were talking about intimacy and we are talking about how when you're affectionate or whatever, you don't feel like it's received. You don't trust that it's received. I think in the way that you're intending for it to be received.
0: Um, that's hard to, I'm going to say it in a, in a, I think it may be a clearer way. <laughs> <laughs> I'll sometimes put, put out the vibe and you don't always pick up the vibe. There it is, I, guess, I don't yeah. trust that when I put out the vibe that it's going to be returned. Right. And you may—I mean, you're—you're very—I'll—I'll use this word—and I hope it doesn't grate on people—but you're pretty like dutiful with that because you want to be, you want to be available. Want
1: to honor God in my in our well, and and that's one way that
0: you've you've loved you've you've said that you want to love me well is that we and and that's biblical. We never want to withhold one ourselves from each other. Right. And that's just that goes in our marriage. But it's not always clear. Like like sometimes, yeah, or I can I, I get kind of gun shy because I'm like if I. If I approach her and I'm feeling the vibe and she's not, then that's going to hurt me. And so I'm not trusting. Right. And so I just won't. And so yeah, in those instances. You
1: get gun shy and it's hard to get you to kind of come back around sometimes. You know what I mean? Like, Yeah. because Sometimes it, I'm like, why can't you just try again? And you're like, because I put my whole heart and soul into trying this one time. And I'm like. And now I just
0: feel like you're oh. doing it just because I don't trust your motives now. Right. I trust that you're, I feel right. like you're just doing it to, to avoid an argument as opposed to actually like have a closer marriage. Right. And so we've had to work through yeah. those trust issues. And so I, I want to keep with this this car analogy because I f- I find it helpful. But in these instances when we have these these realizations mm-hmm. of our trust isn't what we thought it was or our marriage isn't you're not who I thought you were in that type of and I'm realizing that our <laughs> communication's bad or whatever. Yeah. Um you have one or two kind of common categories of responses. You can kind of have the passive sort of response or that that denial reaction like Oh, we're good. She, she he, he doesn't mean to communicate that way. It's just we just have been missing each other. Uh, we're not, uh, we just haven't had a chance to connect. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that I think is true in a lot of cases, but it can be a mechanism for denial. Yeah. And not actually dealing with the fact that your communication is pretty bad right. in your marriage. Right. Um, that's on the denial side. Or even if you do have like a big, um, you know, say a, a husband, you get caught watching pornography, right? And the wife is devastated by it. Um, but the problem doesn't go away. You know, it's years down the road, you know, that he's still struggling with it and it's just, it's just too hard to deal with it. So you don't want to keep, you know, having to police him. Mm-hmm. You don't want to keep bringing it up. Keep having those late night conversations, having to deal with, you know, going to the pastor, like that's just too much work. So I'm just going to pretend it's not there and, right. and we'll just have sex once a month or once, you know, whatever, whatever the frequency he, is. Yeah. And I'll just pretend it's not there. And then eventually when our kids are older and when life is further along, we might deal with this thing. And all the while, you're not actually trusting and flourishing in your marriage. Right. That's the denial side. The other side would be complete and utter panic and chaos and right. like it's like the opposite where you're muting the emotions on the denial side. On the panic side, is you've heightened the emotions to right. the point you're where just
1: hyper aware. You start moving quickly. You're harsh in yes. your in your movements and you're right. just like I'm done. Like this is I'm not going to deal with this and we're not going to do this and you know just the I think the loud, the quick, the harsh, the right. the not the not slow and steady.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and so you you tend to make really brash decisions. Right. As opposed to emotional, not making any decision at all. Right. So
1: emotional emotionally driven decision, I think. And we're
0: to, and we're here to say like we want to give you permission to feel the pain of betrayal of 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 being sinned against. Like feel it and deal with it, but you have to feel it and deal with it in a healthy biblical way. Right. And that's what we want to deal with today. And it's a, you know, it's not enough just to stop the bleeding. Like if you stop the bleeding by, by stopping the person's heart, that's killing the person. Right. You stop the bleeding by applying the tourniquet correctly or the bandage correctly, whatever. So you have to do it in a biblical way.
1: And Um, you have to keep it there. So you can't, you know, we use a funny phrase of like, don't jump ship. Like don't, the ship is your covenant. Right. Don't, don't abandon it either way in this panic or denial sort of passive Mm. state. So. Uh, We can talk about that in a little bit. I think you wanted to hit some scripture on...
0: Yeah. um,
1: Betrayal and this idea of getting... When we're giving you permission, I think we're just trying to say, like, see it clearly. You have this permission.
0: um, And it's not to throw it in your spouse's face either. It's to actually start dealing with... Yeah, because I think we
1: question, at least I would struggle and question whether or not I'm seeing the situation clearly. Are you... Am I just being insecure... And not trusting you because of whatever reasons X, Y, and Z. Or are you not acting in a trustworthy way? Hmm. You know, like there's that yeah. that whole dynamic of uh, that you have to sort through. So I think just saying, like, this is where I feel like we are. These are the problems we're having. And giving yourself permission to be hurt and angry. And understand that, yes, this is a sin. Like, we just need to call things what they are. Hmm. And then that enables us to be able to deal with it, I think. At least take that first step.
0: Yeah, there's a lot of gray area in there, so hopefully you'll have the discernment here to hear what we're saying and look at your own marriage and say, okay, I, that's what I can see more clearly and I can learn to articulate around more clearly.
1: I think it's also an opportunity to bring in others uh, you're in your church community, right? Pastors, guide couples, And we will get mentors. to that,
0: yeah. Um, that's, and that is part of how the Bible instructs right. us to right. deal with this stuff. We're only going to touch on two passages here, uh, but as uh, on a broad um level uh part of seeing this clearly is seeing sin for what it is mm. not just sin in your life but sin for what it is as an offense and an affront to god mm. um it's it is rebellion active rebellion against the creator the, the creator of the universe the sovereign holy god of yeah. the bible yeah and in that sin is a uh it's it's like we don't we we i'm convinced we never see our sin for how wretched and putrid it actually is because we're sinful and we try to
1: justify ourselves
0: so but we can but we can by god's grace look at it as the distortion of his created order that it is Mm. and repent of it and turn from it and that that's the first kind of clarifying calibrating piece is that we are sinners Mm. and we need god's grace to be sanctified uh first john chapter one we walk in the light as he is in the light so that we can have fellowship. That's being closer together. And we, we can be cleansed of our sin. Mm-hmm. So that's seen clearly. Walking in the light. Mm-hmm. Being able to shed the light of the gospel and of God's holiness on our lives, truly for what it is, without sugarcoating, without hiding, without mm-hmm. obscuring, but actually truly seeing the situation for what it is. Okay, now we can start to walk in that. We can start mm-hmm. to move forward forward be sanctified, and to have a deeper, greater fellowship with one another and with God. So with kind of that big caveat here, we're going to look at two specific passages, one from Matthew, uh, one out of Luke. Um, again, as we read through these, um, the key here is to see clearly. Again, we're giving you permission to identify it for what it is, to be hurt, to feel hurt, okay, and to feel anger. Anger is not a sin, okay? Sinning and anger is sin. But to feel like kind of the, the effects of sin. And um, to feel the effects of being of having the lack of trust, uh, so just think through that as we read this, Celine, you want to read the Matthew passage? For yes me?
1: Uh, if you're do you have sorry Matthew eighteen fifteen through twenty um, if your brother sins against you, go and tell him his fault between you and him alone. If he listens to you, you have gained your brother. but if he does not listen, take one or two others along with you that every charge may be established by the evidence of two or three witnesses. If he refuses to listen to them, tell it to the church. And if he refuses to listen even to the church, let him be to you as a Gentile and a tax collector. Truly I say to you, whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Again I say to you, if two of you agree on earth about anything they ask, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. For where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am among them."
0: it's a bit of a minefield in terms of proof texts but um, <laughs> uh, that, those last two verses are always proof texted out, out of context we won't get into that I want to get into um, real quick Luke, uh, Luke 17 verses 3 through 4 um, it says this pay attention to yourselves if your brother sins rebuke him and if he repents forgive him and if he sins against you seven times in the day and turns to you seven times saying I repent you must forgive him uh, again Luke 17 uh, 3 and 4 okay so uh, man, I, we, don't, we don't have time to get into all the little nuances of the passage, but I think there's some big themes that we can get out of this. So the question is the question here I want I'm hoping to see God's answer to is when we're sinned against, how do we deal with it?
1: Hmm.
0: When we're sinned against as people, obviously if you're reading the Bible and you're asking God what He thinks. You're probably be a Christian, hopefully.
1: Right?
0: How do we deal with it in a Christian way?
1: Hmm.
0: And I think there's three. I came up with three H's. <laughs> I like alliteration. I, feel, I like alliteration. It helps, it helps you remember it. So, it does. The three H's are this. You can deal with it with honesty, with humility, and with help. Mm. Okay, so the honesty piece is you call it what it is. Right. All right. I've
1: been touching on that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So look at, I mean, look at the passage from Luke. Pay attention to yourselves. Okay, so you're looking at it clearly. Pay attention to yourselves. Right. Perk your ears up. Open your eyes. Head on a swivel. Yeah. If your brother sins, rebuke him. Call it what it is. Call it what it is.
1: My my stomach goes in knots already. Uh, <laughs> rebuking people is not fun. Okay, but it rebuke Especially is a loving your spouse. Thing. I know. We
0: think of rebuke as like, you sinner. Like we're you know on a soapbox. On but a soap rebuking
1: box. anybody just causes prize pride to rise up. And so it's never mm. it's never easy. It's never like, thank you, Ryan, for rebuking me. I'm so grateful for that rebuke. Not in the moments, it's always heated, it's always emotional. And passionate and crazy and yeah. full of, you know, everything, angry and whatnot. So,
0: well, it's it,
1: ideal. This is, yes, this is, it's laying out like if your brother sins, rebuke him. Okay, you're doing this wrong. Yeah. And if he repents, forgive him. And so, like, the time between the comma after rebuke him, comma, and if he repents, <laughs> can feel like. Well, there's a big a if, if in there. Time. Yeah, a long time, yeah. If if he, he repents. repents, and that's hard to do, especially in those moments. And so, rebuking is not yeah. easy. But we, as Christians, we're not called to do easy things. We're not called to just sit in comfort and uh, you know, well, love from afar. Part of the Christian life is this calling out of sin.
0: And, and we can see the the motivation behind that yes, in the Matthew passage. Yes. It says, "If your brother sins against you, go and tell him his fault." Okay, okay. Seeing it clearly again, calling it what it is, right. Between you and him alone. Right. Okay, and then here's the motivation. If he listens to you, that's the if piece that you're talking about. You hope he does. You might not. Pray that they do. He he might not listen now, but hopefully he listens at some point. If he listens to you, what's the result? You have gained your brother.
1: And I, sorry. And that's the motivation. It's not just to be right. It's not just
0: to, it's because you want your brother back. Right. You've gained a brother. You've not gained the ability to say you were right. Right. You've gained a brother. In in the marriage case, you've gained you know, your spouse, that, that kinship again, or that, that go ahead.
1: The if just takes time sometimes because Mm -hmm. I can rebuke you or call you out or say, let's talk about something that I see, uh, is kind of hurting me or hurting us. Yeah. And typically there is always a response. And then once the emotional response is kind of calmed down, then it's like, I'm just praying and waiting for God to move in your heart. And then we can come back and actually, sort through this. Okay. Yeah. I see what you're saying. I, I repent of this. I'm sorry. And that's, I, that gaining of a brother is the goal, but it's, it, it's hard to like see that sometimes when you're in the middle of the rebuke. Right. And so I guess clinging to that, Hmm. I'm praying for the heart of my husband that I will gain, you know, a more, a closer relationship with him, that we will be able to be unified through this and not just separated and angry, but also not be surprised at like there's kind of sometimes a bomb that goes off and you got to deal with it yeah. and let time pass. And that's okay. Hmm. Uh, as long as again, you're coming back to the reconciliation. So again, repentance.
0: this, the reason we're reading these is we're asked, we're trying to answer this question is when we're sinned against in yeah. marriage by our spouse, how do we respond to it? Okay. So if you're here listening to this and you're thinking, wow, I, my spouse has been sinning against me in this way. And maybe you identify with some of the stuff we've shared. Like my husband doesn't listen to me well, mm. or he doesn't communicate in a t- soft, you know, he's whatever that thing is. You feel like you're being you're being sinned against. Um, you, would, I would hope that you pray about that. You would make mm-hmm. get clarity around it because you you don't want to just take everything you don't like about your marriage and call it sin, <laughs> right? Right. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's not, not <laughs> that's not sin. Uh, it, it might be, but it's not necessarily
1: sin. Might be involved in some of those, uh-huh. yeah. But I think it's like what you said. The motivation is you want you're wanting to gain your brother. You're not wanting. You're not wanting to gain. You don't want the sin to continue I win, to fester. Right? It's not. You know I mean? It's not a right. Yeah. I'm, it's not a competitive thing.
0: Yeah, and you want to get to the bottom it's of it so you can thing. begin to heal. Remember, we're triage. Right. There's there's blood spilling out. Stop the bleeding.
1: Right.
0: Address the sin for what it is. Be clear. Okay. So that, so the first way we deal with being sinned against it was with honesty. Uh, that's the first H. The second one is with humility. This actually comes up in the Luke passage uh, when he says. Uh, if he sins against you, rebuke him. And if he repents, forgive him. And if he sins against you seven times in the day and turns to you seven times saying, I repent, you must forgive him. Part of that is rooted in this, uh, the, the converse of this, which would be in like around Matthew 18 and the, the, um, uh, the parable of the unforgiving servant. Mm. Uh, the whole point of that parable was God has not held your sin against you. How could you hold someone else's sin against them? Mm. And so there's a, an amount of humility that has to be here. And the whole seven, Times they, they repent and forgive them seven times. That's not saying like count to seven and that's after seven, right, it's just a multiple
1: it's a it's illustrate the multiple times that somebody will sin against you or it's say like
0: just do it on and on and on yeah, and on. Right? It's a
1: lifestyle. It's the life of it's the Christian life, right? That is right. the Christian life is repent and believe, repent and believe.
0: Yeah, and re- and forgive. Uh when you repented too. Yes. Someone sins against you, like don't ever withhold forgiveness. How could I? Yeah. And so there's a certain amount of humility that comes from that realization. So if I go to Selena and say, listen, you've been like, I don't trust that when it's time for us to be intimate, that, you, that you're going to actually um, like be available to me. Mm-hmm. I don't trust that. And that hurts me. And I've been hurt so many times that I'm having a hard time engaging in that and I want to avoid it. Um, if I come to you with humility in saying that, and saying, like, I'm not holding it against you, but I want you to know it so that we can work through it. I'm not saying, like, you're a terrible wife. I'm just saying that this is how it's been, how I've perceived it. Can we work through it together? Because mm-hmm. I'm not perfect either. Maybe I missed something. See the humility piece? It changes the whole script.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And it, it diffuses those those bombs.
1: <laughs> yeah, full disclosure, this was our conversation like four <laughs> night, three nights ago. And it's been life-changing for us. I mean, our the last few days have been great because... <laughs> You said these things. I mean, not and you call we called things what yeah. they were. Uh, you approached it with humility. I kind of let the dust settle. Usually, I want to like reconcile and deal with it in that moment, which I think has been a wrong habit of mine for a long time. I kind of just took a step back and let some things get finished and transpire. And uh, we just you had a lot on your schedule this weekend and uh, with school and just a bunch of things. And so I was like, you know what, we're just gonna. I know that we're yeah. missing each other. We're not connecting. It's very obvious. <laughs> yeah. So when we get time, then we'll deal with it. And I know it's coming, and I'm not going to yeah. get up in arms, and I'm not going to feel like we're living in sin. I'm just going to say, and you came, and I prayed for you in those moments too. And I'm not saying like, woe is, yay, go Selena. I'm just saying we pray- I prayed for you because I knew that your heart was struggling, and I knew that my heart was struggling. And hmm. I needed to pray for you. I needed to pray for myself that I would see clearly Uh, whatever your response was. I prayed that you would have, you know, a soft heart and that you would see things clearly because I really do trust how you see things. Mm. Um, And so, I think that's probably part of, you know, when trust gets broken with us is that I, I trust you so much to see things clearly that when I'm when I feel like they're foggy or they're foggy for you, I kind of freak out a little bit because I'm like, I just trust you to see things clearly. And when you don't, I'm like, ah, I don't know how to, maybe I, I start questioning myself. And so I get insecure in those areas. But the
0: Blind leading the blind over really here. It really is. <laughs> Cause I'm it like, really I, never, I feel like I never see things clearly. Uh, I just have, want so much clarity. Um, so I think the patience piece comes from that humility. knowing knowing I don't have to figure this out today. Yeah. yeah. I can wait. I can, ho- I can hope and trust in the Lord. Yeah. And, and hope, and hope and pray. And that's what praying is, is hoping and trusting in the Lord. Like that right. he will show up, he will intervene. He well, will and He respond. always
1: has. I got to tell you people, it's a hundred percent of the time I pray and I wait and I ask and I don't worry. Um, and God is just so faithful and, and I don't have to prompt conversations. I don't have to, hmm. I'm not saying that that's not, I do when the the Holy Spirit leads me, let's just say that. But I, God is so faithful and all glory be to him for the response yeah. in you know your heart when prayers, my prayers have been heard and answered and I can trust and that.
0: I, and I don't know, we might be harping on this point a little bit, but these these conversations were not easy, folks. It no. wasn't like we are just like, mm, I prayed and now I feel great. No, it was About a rough 24 hours or so. It was like, I'm going to bite my tongue right now and not say what I want to say. And I'm going like, to like, trust that God is doing something. Right. And then I'm going to be humble enough to admit that I'm when I'm wrong, and oh, I'm going to have a hard conversation when I want to when I want to run away, I want to panic, I want to I want to um, disengage.
1: Right,
0: that is hard to do.
1: Or when I want to throw your offenses in your face. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not I'm going to not do that. We,
0: okay. You know what I mean? No, what do I, what?
1: No, no. I when I when you're sitting here, you know, apologizing oh, oh. and saying I things. How about you do it right now? Sorry. <laughs> no, I, it took all of me to not want to just be defensive in that moment again. Not all of me. Right. I really do think God. I apologize right. for that that's I should take that back. The Lord, Holy Spirit definitely led me into he's repenting. Like you don't have a choice. You can't hold anything against him. Yeah you can't call him out for these things you won't and you shouldn't and you're not going to. And yeah. so it was like, okay, this is where we're at. And so I, we we're dealing with this with honesty and now comes the humility piece on both our parts.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, there's a lot that we, that can be said on that. Uh, let's, let's go to the next one. So how do we deal with being sinned against? What, what do we do? Uh, you get help. Right. So we've, we've said with honesty, call it what it is with humility, Recognize that you're also a sinner. Christ's same blood saved you, mm-hmm. just like it saved your spouse. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then with help, and that and that's the piece we see on in Matthew uh, 18. We talk if your brother sins against you, uh, go and tell him his fault between you and him alone. Okay, that's the first course of action. If he, if he listens to you, you have gained your brother. But if he does not listen, take one or two others along with you. And what that means in the marriage context? Now this is talking about. I think church discipline in the mm. church discipline context, this passage, but th- the truths and principles I think can be applied here. Cause there's a lot of reasons I want don't, to don't make a case for it. But the point is in a marriage context, you could say, I'm a, we're going to bring in a trusted advocate, a trusted friend who we know believes the gospel. Right. And we trust to speak into our marriage. I could be a, a couple, another couple. Yeah. Um, and then you ask, I would say, escalate it from there. That would be our first course of action. There's right. a number of friends that we would approach a number of guy friends. I'd say, listen, I'm having this problem in my marriage.
1: Selena's acting real messed up towards me. <sighs> Selena's acting <laughs> so messed up toward me.
0: And, uh, what do I do? He yeah. probably, he honestly would probably smack me upside the head and say, quit, quit acting like a boy, be a man. In other words, like love your wife. Well, cause that's usually what it boils down to is I'm no. being a boy, not a man. No, um, and so he would do that, and then we and then, if, if that 's not helping we, need, we we need more help, then we would go to a pastor
1: mm-hmm.
0: an elder at our church, we'd yeah. go to a counselor, and uh you know you bring help in yeah. to to confront the sin now th- this passage is talking about confronting an active sin, so I, I do want to be clear like getting your feelings kind of your feathers ruffled it isn 't necessarily a sin, okay, because you could chalk up everything to like my spouse doesn't love me perfectly right like well that's true because is are that a sin beings, is it yeah. a sin to not yeah i, I mean yes it is a <laughs> sin to not love exactly as christ loves but there's also this whole human dynamic of like miscommunication yeah or like maybe you misheard them or maybe you don't understand the situation perfectly like right? there's a there's a lot of reasons to think that they might not have sinned against you and so i don't want to misconstrue this passage to be like this is the biblical call to go get counseling the second that your feathers are ruffled. Right, it's you're addressing an actual sin that has been committed against you, and you're rebuking. You're walking through each step. So, um, with that said, uh, I, I think it's uh, uh, there's another side note to talk about the nature of sin and temptation, but I'm going to skip that because we're short on time here. Um, temptation's not a sin, just but. Uh, yeah, leading someone into temptation is, is pretty harshly rebuked here in the scripture later on in Luke. So yeah. um, what do we have here? So
1: we were talking about um, kind of the weight, the strength of our covenant, being able to deal with the betrayal. Yes. And the triage. And, you know, I, I we were talking about this before we got started, but this this idea of not jumping ship, like don't just panic and respond and don't just ignore and respond right there's this there's this other way this godly gospel centered Mm. get in the word listen to the holy spirit have others around you pray Mm. stay the course like our covenant can handle and survive betrayal Mm. will every couple survive betrayal unfortunately no Mm. but our covenant
0: the marriage covenant. The
1: marriage covenant is strong enough. It's strong to withstand enough. It. Yes.
0: Uh, and there's a few caveats in there. Uh, mm-hmm. it, it takes two. You
1: can't. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, there's the sentence after that was uh, that thought after that was like we can't do it alone, and it it, mm. it which it plays into both like we can't do we didn't get here alone and we can't get out of here alone. So yeah. it took two to get here. It also is going to take probably more than two to get out of here. There
0: are there are instances where you've got just one spouse that goes completely off the rails, sure. and they are not coming. They're not playing right. ball. They're not right. wanting to come to conversations. They're not repenting. There's not repentance. And so right. that's that's a big, huge if in huge Matthew if. 18 and Luke 17. If he listens to you, right. if he repents, mm-hmm. like those are two massive big ifs. So that's where this marriage covenant becomes complicated because in a church context, all right. If somebody, I forget how he says it, let them, to, let them be as tax collectors and, and like, like, like basically Gentiles, Gentiles to you. Yeah. If they don't, if they don't come back to the, to the communion and they're not of the communion of the saints, they're not uh, repenting of their sin. Mm. Then you would like, you don't have any other recourse than to just like say, then you're not welcome here. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's how, that's how church discipline works. Right. Right. Uh, and it's sad when that happens. In I'm not marriage, laughing
1: at that because you can't do that in marriage. Like you can't. How do you... that's why it's different, <laughs> right? <laughs>
0: Sorry, you're not welcome here. You're not um, welcome. Find another here bed to sleep yeah. in tonight. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna change the locks. Yeah. <laughs> We're joking. Hopefully, hopefully your new marriage is not in that spot. But um, the point being that there's this different dynamic. It's it's this other dimension that is unique to a covenantal marriage, um, and so it can't be easily discarded. Um, and it and it isn't to be. And that's where you're saying. It's right. strong enough to withhold this, but it does take two. So if you have... a, It
1: takes two and it takes work.
0: And it takes work. Um, like
1: it will, it's just a continual uh, process um, of going back to God's word, of go, of being prayerfully involved. Yeah. And uh,
0: recognizing that and covenantal marriage is his best design for yes. the flourishing of a male-female relationship. Absolutely, absolutely. And so that's that's the big premise here is that, an intact reconciled marriage is always going to be God's best design for your flourishing. Mm -hmm. However, there, there, the question is always comes up. Are there biblical grounds for divorce? Yes, there are. Uh, however, it's never the best option and not, it's not only not the best option, but it's not something that we will ever prescribe from a podcast mm-hmm. because you always have to be some, have somebody who knows you, who's going to pastor, you, who's going to so lead you face to
1: face conversation, somebody who's
0: accountable for yes. your soul. Yes. That's going to walk with you. Yes. Teachers are accountable for the people they teach. That's why we are so afraid <laughs> to teach on this topic on this podcast. So you need to have somebody to walk alongside you if that is on the table mm-hmm. because there's a biblical ground for divorce in that case. So, uh, with that said, uh, Conflict does have a little bit of a different timber when it comes to uh, marital reconciliation. It's always easier. It's always better if there's repentance, there's forgiveness, and right. there's reconciliation. Right. Not always possible, but that's always best. Yeah. Um, so big the big kind of uh, message here is, again, looking at this trauma that's happened. Yeah. It's triage. We have a tendency to either brush it under the rug sweep it under the rug or we tend to panic and we, we make hasty decisions or we deny it's ever happened. Mm-hmm. Think of you have a passive response and you have a, pa- a panic response. Mm-hmm. And what we're trying to say is there is a middle road that you don't have to deny the offense. You can recognize that you've been sinned against, whether that's a massive catastrophic betrayal or it's an ongoing kind of low simmer that's been happening for years. You don't have to deny the anger, the, the feelings of mistrust, mm-hmm. the hurt that you feel but don't jump ship mm-hmm. and don't go the, the hasty decision of saying, you know, he, he, he sinned against me. I have biblical grounds for divorce. I'm getting papers drawn up this week Slow or, and steady or she'll Slow never and steady. She'll never turn around. Our intimate life is doomed to be frustrating for the rest mm-hmm. of our marriage. Or
1: I can never count on him to, uh, be emotionally, you know, supportive or, you know,
0: I can never count on him to pr- provide. So I'm going to yeah. just jump ship. Yeah, right? I'll, I, I'll do I it. I got to take care of me. I got to take care of our kids. Right, yeah. like that's that's a panic response, and we're saying like, deal with it. And and there's somewhere in between where you can deal with it biblically without denying the problem, uh, and walk that harder road. Yes, it is harder, but we're telling you, trust us that God's design is great mm-hmm. and it can withstand it. That covenant can withstand it. Now pray for softness and repentance and forgiveness to be the exchange mm. of your marriage. There's gonna be a constant rhythm of repentance and forgiveness that's and repentance great. and forgiveness and reconciliation and closeness and that's that's your lot as a married couple that's under good. Christ's design. And it's
1: good and it's more mm. than you could I think ever anticipate or try to even understand at the beginning. Like mm. It's, it is a it is a lot of kind of head knowledge. It's heart knowledge, and it's, it's also experiential, which I think God mm-hmm. is so gracious in allowing us to, yeah, uh, go through some of these these hardships.
0: And the big big underlying um, caveat is this idea of cruciform trust, which we talked about last week. We won't rehash it, but the basic thing is is this you cannot trust your spouse in the same way you can trust Christ. That's just, he alone is your savior. He alone identi- is your identity. He alone is the one who calls you righteous. He He, he alone can love you perfectly. Mm. You can't trust your spouse to love you perfectly. And so there's a certain type of trust that only can be placed in Christ. And then there's another trust like that we place in each other. So if, if that seems foggy or you don't understand that, go back, listen to the, the last mm-hmm. episode. We get into that in greater detail. Um, for this week's, Couple's conversation challenge. Mm-hmm. Um, what? What? what do Spend we have for
1: some time on your own thinking about some of the tension points in your marriage, mm. uh, and then ask like, where? How does trust play a role in that? So you all know your marriage. Yeah. You know some of the points of tension, and think about trust and the idea of trust within those mm. those tension points.
0: Think about those and.
1: So, Of course, take it that next step and start having those conversations with each other.
0: Yeah. Those, uh, those tension points are your clues. Follow the clues because wherever you're fighting the most, that's going to be a spot where probably there's some trust that's been lost, degraded, or broken in that area. And so treat it with the triage that you know, like Mm. look at the symptoms, follow the clues, and then have that conversation around it, Mm. um, I, we hope that that's a helpful conversation it's been helpful for us and yeah. hopefully we've modeled that because it's <laughs> the struggle is real and here we are going on 18 years married oh, seventeen and a half 17 a half years something like that right now so something like that it's been a lot of time with this one
1: still building trust i love you still and like, learning how to communicate <laughs> you
0: know what i love you and i like you so that's a win in my book <laughs> still like you <laughs> all right let's pray and then we'll, we'll call an episode <laughs> Whew, kind of worried <laughs> Didn't reciprocate. <laughs> Paused. <laughs> uh, Lord, thank you so much for um, uh, just your word and how uh, how just steadfast it is and how faithful you are to lead us uh, as we read your word and sp- to speak to us. I pray for the couples that are listening to this, if they're experiencing uh, anything we've described, any sort of um, degraded trust or betrayal or um, just not being trustworthy in their marriage, I pray that first and foremost that they would find their ultimate hope in you That they would trust you alone to love perfectly and then to trust you to lead the way you would lead and that they would find um, they would find all the joy and hope that they need in you. And secondly, I pray that you would give them wisdom and discernment in stepping down this road toward uh, dealing with whatever the hurt is, whatever that betrayal or mistrust is, God, that you would give them discernment to identify and see clearly mm-hmm. um, how to begin uh, the path of, of stopping that bleeding so they can step down this road of rebuilding trust, Lord. And yeah, we love you. We love you, Jesus, in your name. Amen. Amen. As we mentioned, next week we're going to be talking through what that actually looks like, uh, stepping down that path of rebuilding trust. What are some really tangible steps that you can take toward uh, rebuilding that trust? Um, and we trust that it will be helpful. A lot of trust going on here. A lot of here. trust going on here. <laughs> um, final word here, check out gospelcentermarriage.com. We talk through topics like these, but... Really get down to the biblical foundations for all the big underlying truths that enable this kind of ongoing dialogue. Because without the gospel at the absolute center of your marriage, these types of dialogues are going to be really hard, if not impossible, without a common understanding of who Christ is to you and what he's done for you and who he is according to God's word. So make sure to go to gospelcenteredmarriage.com. We have some really affordable ways for you to hop on board uh, with that. So Uh, With all that said, this episode of the Fierce Marriage Podcast is in the can, and we'll see you again in about seven days. So until next time, stay fierce. Thank you for listening to the Fierce Marriage Podcast. For more resources for your marriage, please visit FierceMarriage.com, or you can find us with our handle at Fierce Marriage on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Thank you so much for listening. We hope it's blessed you. Take care.